Welcome to Parent to Parent, real-life tips to raise resilient kids. A podcast from Communities That Care of Greater Downingtown. This is Chrissy Jambowski, and I have two young kids. And I'm Beth Ann Sinelli, and I have two adult kids. Together, we'll meet with experts and fellow parents to share personal stories and provide support and actionable steps to strengthen your family and raise healthy kids. We're glad you're here. Let's get started. Welcome to Parent to Parent. This is Chrissy. And this is Beth Ann. And today we are speaking with our friend, CTC board president, and also a Downingtown Area School District parent, Carl Gregory. Carl's going to chat with us today about his family's journey with substance use and dependency and what advice and support that he can offer to other parents. Uh, Carl, welcome. Thank you so much for joining us in our first podcast of 2023. Yep. So, wow, you're kicking off our new year. So we're very happy that you're here um, joining us today for this conversation. Well, thank you very much for having me. And this is my very first podcast. So um, I'm here in the 21st century. <laughs> I love and you're it. with us. Yeah. I don't know if that's a good thing, uh, but. Who knows what will happen. <laughs> This is good. So, um, so Carl, I think a good place to start would be, can you just tell us a little bit about you and your family and your kids? Sure. Um, I've been happily married for 36 years, uh, to, to Maureen. Um, I had, uh, we had three daughters. Uh, the oldest now is 33. The youngest is 28. We moved around a bit, um, in their earlier and mid middle years for, for work purposes. And we settled in the Downingtown area about 20 years ago. And, uh, we were just a regular old family. You know, the kids were involved in, in sports and, and other activities. We, we were, and still are active in our church. And, uh, we tried to instill, you know, those, those church Christian values in our kids. And like I said, for a long time, we were just a, a, a regular old middle-class family. Um, I worked uh, full-time plus, um, you know, did some community service work and uh, Maureen kind of took care of the kids and managed the house and those activities as the way families worked many, many years ago. And I realize that's different now, but that's kind of the routine we settled into. Um, Our oldest daughter is a, a successful architect uh, and her name's Mary Beth. Our, our youngest, uh, Caroline, I think you both know her, is a successful school counselor and, and works at Downingtown East. Uh, our middle daughter, Claire, uh, I think that's what we're gonna, who we're going to talk about mostly today. Yep. So that's it in a, in a nutshell. Great. Carl, thank you. And, and as Carl, as you just mentioned, um, we really are grateful that you're here today to to share with with Chrissy and with me and also um, other parents that are they're going to be listening to this podcast a little bit about your um, your journey um, and your family's experience. Um, and I know that you've been drawn to working with communities that care of greater Downingtown. Um, as you said, you do a lot of community service, but I know that CTC's um, mission, you know, and vision that you're very passionate and very, very committed to um, the work of CTC in the community um, around mental health and, and substance use prevention. And I wonder if we could start today's conversation with giving us a little bit of um, a background and story about Claire and perhaps also sharing with parents um, about that journey and also perhaps maybe when you noticed um, that some things were happening around the area, maybe of mental health and substance use prevention and sort of the progression and, and your family's experience during that time. 
Sure, I'll do that, and uh, I'll, I'll skip around a little bit. I'll, I'll try to go kind of chronological, but um, you know, I'll, I'll cut to the chase. Um, our daughter Claire died of an overdose um, a little over two years ago at age 27. So, what I'm going to talk about in and out are roughly the last 10 years. You know, her her journey, our journey, how we overlapped, how we didn't overlap. Um, you know, thinking about her childhood, you know, grade school and, and early high school, uh, you notice she was a little bit different. She had a little bit of trouble making friends. And we always used to kid that, uh, boy, Claire, trouble has a way of finding you. I think it was the other way around. She kind of push the boundaries and test limits. And, you know, in the early days, it was nothing real bad, but we noticed it was it was a little bit different from other kids. And, and we did some counseling with her in the early years and nothing really came of it, no red flags or anything, just a, you know, normal, normal early teen. Um, in high school, we started noticing that she was hanging around with a crowd that we weren't really thrilled with. And, you know, it's, it's one of those things as a parent, it's like, well, what the heck do you do? You, can, you can't lock them down, and you can, but you can make suggestions and whatnot, and I'm, I'm not sure that that did uh, uh, much good. Um, after she graduated high school, uh, well, she had a DUI, and, and we found out, you know, about her experimenting with, with alcohol, underage drinking. That kind of escalated to... Uh, Percocets, Oxycontin, and you know, over years, eventually, she uh, became addicted to uh, heroin. Um, that progression, I think, the DUI to heroin probably happened over a period of five years or so. And, and during during that time, there were periods where she might be living with us, she might be not living with us, but near us, living out of state or or in rehab. And uh, we, we lost track of this, but there were about 10 or 10 or 12 rehabs over a period of six or seven years. And, you know, your first blush is to look at that and say, boy, there's a problem here. This kid just doesn't get it or whatever. And I, and I thought that, too, in the early days. I said, I'm not going to be one of those parents. I'm, my kid's going to have one rehab and that's going to be it. But, um, you know, it's a disease and you kind of. You go into recovery for a little bit and slip and you know it's it's a cycle um so that's kind of what was going on with her and you, you know so you, you take a step back and it's like well as parents what are we doing about that and, and let me talk about claire a little bit so she went through addiction counseling as an outpatient um rehabs as needed um, our goal as parents, we're just really trying to help her find a safe and healthy living environment, whether that was with us somewhere else or, or, or in rehab. And, you know, I talked about the stages and I, I think this is pretty common, but you know, you, you try to beat it yourself. You're not successful. You relapse, you go into rehab, you get out, you're okay for a while. You try again, you relapse. And it's a cycle, and I think, until you finally get it. And it's one of those things It's like, okay, well, we all hope they get it during this, this cycle of stages here before something bad happens. And some people, it's one or two rehabs, and other people, you know, it could be, you know, 10, 15, 20. And for some people, they just never get it in time. And that's, that's what happened to us. Um, for us, uh, part of our journey was getting educated. Um, 
we knew nothing about addiction. I mean, I, I know we, we started, you know, trying to research. It's like, well, what's an opioid? I, I didn't even know what that what that was. Um, I know, I know. For her first rehab, um, our, we found out our insurance company was going to pay for it. I said, that's not right. I mean, she's, you know, she's got a DUI and, and an alcoholic. Why, why would insurance pay for that? This is this is her screw up. It's not anything big. I didn't even understand it was a disease at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, we figured that out pretty quickly, um, and it took us a long time to really understand that this was a disease and not a moral failing or, or, or a poor choice. Yeah. And, you know, the other thing too, was that it's, it's probably easier now, but you never talk to anybody about this. Never, ever, ever. We didn't want our neighbors to know our family. So as parents, it's like, what the heck do we do? Um, Carl, can I ask you, can I ask you, did, did you feel like if you were to be, open about what was going on with Claire that it would like put like a bad reputation on your family? Were you scared what people would think? Like, is like, there a shame piece to this? Do you know what I mean? Oh, a big shame piece. All, all, everything you said, I didn't want anybody at my, my work to find out because I figured they, they, you know, I get blackballed. For, for any kind of advancement or maybe get put on the, on the list to say, hey, you got to get rid of this guy. He can't manage his family. So how's he going to, how's he going to manage millions of dollars worth of business? I, I was scared, yeah. embarrassed, and ashamed. We were always the all American family and that drug stuff was happened to that, that stuff that happened to other, other families. Um, the other thing that we did, um, I, I started going to Al-Anon meetings um, and that's a, that, that's a group for people that have loved ones that are um, addicted to, you know, kind of get a handle on thing. And it's, it's kind of a good place to be because you can talk about what's going on and not be embarrassed or ashamed because everybody else there is, has a, you know, a, a similar family issue. Um, Maureen didn't go the Al-Anon route, but uh, she went to a parent support group. So we, we both did different things to try to kind of, Keep from going crazy, I guess is the best way to put it. Um, you know, the other thing that was very, very different or very, very difficult was uh, you think about this and it's like, as parents, where did we fail? Why did we fail? Mm-hmm. And I already alluded to this. We felt pretty alone. Um, Ten years ago, you couldn't talk about this stuff. And it took a while, but over time, we understood that addiction really is a disease. and It's not a moral deficiency on my daughter's part. Um, over time, we understood a couple of things that we couldn't control her addiction. We didn't cause it. And, and also there's no, there's no cure. And that, that was a battle that Claire had to fight. We could, we could help and support, but she had to do the hard work and, and learn how to control it. How, how long do you feel? Cause those are like the classic three C's from Al-Anon, right? Yeah. 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 How long do you feel like it took you and your wife to really like let go of that? Like, how did this happen to my kid? It must be my fault. Like, do you feel I mean, that takes a lot of work to let that go, I would think. Yeah, it does. You know, um, 
That's a difficult question to answer because it's it's one that I think comes in stages. You can hear those words for years and years and years and yeah. you can repeat them, but you may not necessarily believe it. Mm-hmm. I right. mostly believe it now, but I say every day I think about what could I have done different. Absolutely. Not that I failed, but mm-hmm. it's it's always there. The shoulda, coulda, woulda. I agree. Yeah. Totally agree with that. Yeah, I feel yeah. that too yeah. a lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I'll talk about that a little bit later. Um, so the question is, okay, we can't do anything to help her. What did we do? <laughs> um, like I said, we, we tried to help her find safe and healthy living environments. Um, we helped with medical attention if, if it was needed, and that could be rehabs, counseling, psychiatric mm-hmm. help. And, but we didn't lead the charge on that. She decided when she wanted to have a certain kind of help, and we did not enable her to do that. Um, and we made her understand that, that, you know, you you have to do this work. We'll help you, but we're not going to do it for you. We're not going to force you to go to a rehab. It's, it's a waste, actually, to, for us to do that if you don't want to be there. You want to go and mm-hmm. get better and all that. We're behind you 100%, but we're never going to force you to do something. Um we always tried to make sure that she understood two things, regardless of what was going on or how good or how bad it was, that no matter how bad it gets, we'll always love you. And the other thing we tried to reinforce constantly was nothing you could ever do, no matter how bad, would make us love you any less. And I think she believed that. Yeah. And, you know, there, there was a lot of time. I mean, I talked about this as a 10-year journey or so. Mm-hmm. And there were, there were times for years when she was clean and sober, and we would talk about, hey, as parents, what do yeah. you think we did well, and what do you think we didn't do well? And some things we didn't do well, especially in the early days. And But, you know, the one thing she always told us was, I always felt loved. And that was, that was important. Yeah. That was probably the best thing you could have done. It's a lot, Carl. It's a lot for you to share this. Like, it's a lot as a parent, like, just to say that to your kid and then lose them. Like, it's just, I don't mean to get upset. It's just a lot. That's okay. Yeah, I mean, you know, part of, yeah. you know, even when Claire was alive and, uh, you know, I would, you know, I'm active in a number of groups in Al-Anon and Shoot, she came to some meetings with me, and um, yeah. I would ask her from time to time, I said, do you, do you mind if I talk to people about this? And she said, no, if you think it would help, go ahead and tell them anything you want. And because it's a fine line between trying to protect anonymity and, you know, telling stuff, and especially the bad stuff, you know, the good stuff to tell, too. But, you know, first and foremost, in my mind, was protecting her anonymity, and then it was yeah. like, if I could help people and it's okay with her, then I could, you know, talk about that. It's in- yeah. it's interesting, though, because I, I just wrote this note of just, you know, you started at this and it, obviously it takes time to get to this place, but you started at a place of. I don't want anybody to know about this. Yeah. And now you're sitting on a podcast, yeah. you know like sharing your story and, and talking in Al-Anon meetings and, and it's, it's very, I, I, I don't know if inspirational is the right word. Like, it's just, it's an amazing thing to see. Yeah. You have like this human experience and go from one end of it. And like, you can just, and that's why, you know, I'm like sitting here and I'm, I'm, 
upset yeah. is just because you you can just see how much love you your family poured in and it's just so difficult because that's this disease like you can pour all the love and all the resources and all the things into it and at the end of the day it's it's not up to you like you can't fix it and that's just a very hard lesson to learn but it's just yeah. very evident and it's that's what has me all like emotional is just that you just you can tell just by how you speak about it everything that you did for your daughter yeah, thank you. Well, I mean, and, and I'll, I'll be honest with people. I mean, I tell them about the mistakes we made and the, yeah. the things we thought that we were wrong, the things we did that were wrong, but also the things I think we did right. I think there's there's value in that. And if I can help another family get through this a little faster, right. that's, that's a good thing. It just yeah. takes time. It's not, like, it's not like I have a magic thing here, don't do these three things, but do these eight things. Everybody's family is different. It's going to be different. You know, yeah. if, I can, if I can, you know, relay some of the things that worked for us and, and, and some of the things that didn't, I think that helps. So I'm going to keep doing yeah. it. Yeah. No, I, I think that's great because I understand that Christy's point that is, you know, with, with a lot of these situations that we've talked about on previous podcasts, dealing with all kinds of topics. And we've had a number of parents who have sort of shared their their family's journey through all kinds of different experiences. You do have that point of, um, you know, the point that you need to educate yourself, the point where you don't necessarily want to share it with neighbors or colleagues for a lot of, you know, reasons where you you know you're, you're kind of afraid to do that you're really vulnerable and you just don't know how people are going to react but you do have that core group of friends who are there for you through all the ugly stuff that you have to experience but i think you do reach that place where once you've gotten to that space and time where it's like i don't have the answers and i got i don't have any you know magic answer to this but like you said carl if there's anything in this that resonates with another family that they just walk away with that and like, okay, that, cause everybody's experience with mental health is different. Everybody's experience with substance use and addiction is different, but there are some things out there that I think that cross over into all families that people just kind of need to hear to keep them going. And that's what I think is what we do because sadly, I really wish we had a canned answer for all yeah. of these things we've been talking about for Many podcasts now. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, it's, it's, it's probably a little bit arrogant, but if somebody's going to judge me now and say, yeah, they're bad parents, it's kind of like, well, A, I really don't care what I you don't. think. And, and B, you know what? You don't know what you're talking about because I Absolutely. think we, we did mostly right. And Absolutely. That's what I believe yeah, that is really good. Hey, Carl, can I go back to something you said really way in the beginning when you were kind of just explaining this, this whole time and span, um, the piece about friends, you know, we've talked in a lot of previous podcasts about, um, about friend groups. And we've had other parents who have also shared with us that, you know, there were some things about the friend group that they were concerned about, but, and I thought you brought up an excellent point. You know, I, my children are now 28 and 26 and, you know, I look back on things and think, what could I have really truly done to have stopped whatever it might've been about that friend group? Um, is there anything more you want to say about it? Cause I, I think that's so frustrating for parents because they either may see it and not know what to do or, you feel like even if they say something, does it really matter? Um, or sometimes they just think the friend group is, you know, it's just a phase and they'll grow out of that. 
that's that's one thing I think we never got our arms around. And I think what we tried to do was kind of like, hey, bring them over. We want to meet them and just, you know, right. hang out a little bit. But there was a great reluctance to do that. So yeah. that that's the that's one thing that I don't think we ever really cracked in terms of how to do a better job with friend groups. I don't know. I mean, we, this is Christina's, we've had many folks on talking about the influence and power, the influence of parents, but then also the influence of the peer of the friend group and who are your kids' friends and, you know, all all of those things. Um, We've even had folks talk about how they would have contacted parents of the friends to say, Hey, I'm concerned. My son or daughter's doing this. They're part of this friend group. I know your kids in it too. And parents oftentimes are like, you know, they're not, you know, whether they don't believe you, they don't want to believe you. They just want to deal. Sometimes they don't, they don't help. I got that impression that it was ladder there so that even if we had done anything, it wasn't going to end well. And it might actually just push her more into that. What a, what a mess. (laughs) Yeah, no, I, I appreciate that. I have similar experience and it's just, yeah. I don't know the answer to that peer group. Power of the peer group. I don't know. Well, it's hard too because adolescents yeah. developmentally, everything is peer informed. It's like their brain development at that point and where they're at, just age wise, like that's the part, the most like peer driven part of your life is is yeah. really amped up during adolescence. So we are going to take a quick break, and when we get back, Carl is going to share with us how he and his family took care of themselves while all of this was going on. So we'll be right back. If you're enjoying our podcast, an easy way to support Parent to Parent is by sharing it with a friend. You can send it to them in a text from your phone, or even better, post an episode you liked on social media. Maybe it's this one. Our goal is to increase education and awareness among parents. And as we always say, you don't know what you don't know. And some people may not know we are out there. Any shout outs and sharing is appreciated. Thanks. And let's get back to our conversation. Okay, we're back. So, Carl, I, I'm curious to know, you know, while all of this was going on, how, I guess, twofold, right? So how during that time and even now in present day, um, do you and your family take care of yourselves now after, you know, at that point now, then and then also after when Claire passed away? Sure. Um, I still attend Al-Anon. And because, you know, even even when you have a loved one that's in active addiction or recovery, this can drive you nuts because you can start thinking about things and you can revert really quickly to what did I do wrong? And in my attendance at Al-Anon helps me with that. Um, And I've been probably attending that for about 10 years now. I Um, I think everybody would benefit from attending Al-Anon just like truly just like all of the tenants and the things about control and boundaries, like a lot of it stuff that any pretty much all of the general population would probably benefit from. Yeah. And and I think I'm a better person. Yeah. For a 10 than I was 10 by 10 years ago. That's worth. Um, Maureen attends parent support groups and, and grief groups. And for both of us, our, our religious faith is, is real important. And we make ourselves available to other parties and other parents that might have questions or are going through uh, uh, a, a difficult time. Um, I, I do remember the last couple of years of, of Claire's life when, when I, I'd say probably 
two, three years before she died that um, she got her act together. You know, she got, she was working on an education. She got a job. She was living on her own, supporting herself. And, you know, me and her were able to establish that father-daughter relationship. Um, you know, I, I, I found, again, the daughter that I had, that, that love and compassionate child. I used to know when she was, you know, in her very early teens, just a, a, a great kid, and she had grown into a, a great young adult. And, you know, our, our story didn't end well, but so many families don't have that opportunity. You know, I got, I got to spend some real quality time with, with my healthy daughter in the last couple of years, and uh, I'll cherish that. So that kind of that kind of helps me get through that I, I had that opportunity that a lot of other people don't get. And it, it was a gift. I really feel that, you know, again, as, as, a, as a parent and for those parents who are listening, that it really does help to hear other um, stories and experiences. And I'm wondering, Carl, you know, you did mention this, that um, I know you don't have like, you know, a list of do this, don't do that, that is set in stone, but. What would you tell parents who are listening to our conversation today and who have teenagers, you know, adolescents, young adults, what would you like them to hear um, about your story, your family story, your situation um, that would really be helpful to them? And also, you know, especially I will say that I was a parent for a very short period of time who thought that somehow I had figured it all out and bad stuff wasn't going to happen to my family, which that was a very short lived experience because it didn't matter what, how many parenting books I followed, bad stuff happens. Stuff shows up at your doorstep that you didn't expect. So what do you, what could you share that you'd like folks to hear? I think a couple of things. Um, we touched on this, understand and, and know their friends, even as young adults. I think now you can have the conversation of, Oh crap! What do I do? I see this kind of happening, and I see it spiraling. And you can you can go out and you can get information a lot easier than you could a long time ago. Um, I think talking to your kids about drugs and alcohol. You know, we never did that because we figured our kids were good, and Downingtown's a great place, and it's yep. it's not going to come up. It'll never happen to us. It's for for all the other people. Uh, so. Yep. You form yourself and your kids. And, you know, we, when this was all breaking in our family, I talked to my oldest and, and said, well, you know, what, are there drugs around here? And she said, dad, it's all over. And it's like, you gotta be kidding me. You picked to live here, you know, because it was a clean and safe and good school district. And you're telling me that, you know, it, it's all over. And she said, well, yeah. And it's like, okay. So that was, that was eye opening. <laughs> Um, That's, I, I would say find a support group and it doesn't even have to be anything formal. It can be just, you know, your, your friends or whatever, if you feel that you can trust them enough and talk to them, but don't, don't try to do it alone because it's, it's, it's really hard. And, and again, the unconditional love thing with your kids, it's, they, they gotta, to me, they gotta know that and they gotta really believe it. So they, that's, that's what I would recommend. Carl, I did want to ask one question. Um, did Claire, as she was going through this, when she was diagnosed with substance use disorder, which, you know, we're starting to call addiction now, dependency, um, did she also have a diagnosis, a mental health diagnosis? Because we know the two oftentimes, if not almost almost 99% of the time, if not 100, go hand in hand. 
Yeah, she did. There was uh, there was some depression and uh, personality disorder, and hence the reason for seeing a psychiatrist. So, and you know, it's one of those things: is is the is the addiction causing the disorder, or is, or is the disorder driving her to the addiction? And I don't think it's anything you ever ever know, but it's like you're you know. Holy cow! Which battle do you fight? You gotta kind of fight them all, and not not knowing which one is the, the root right. cause. Difficult. Yeah, right. One of the things that we like to do, Carl, with all of our podcasts, um, after folks sort of you know have a chance to process all this information, is to look at a take action tip. Because I think as a parent, we always want to know what could I do, what should I do, what would you do? You know, we have to survey all your friends and say, what would you do if you were me? So I really think the take action tip is maybe one tangible. You've given us so much information about what you found to be helpful. What might be that take action tip that you want to share today with our listeners um, that they could be thinking about if they're in the situation right now, or perhaps might be something they could be useful to them in the future? Sure. And, you know, I think about that often as, and as a parent, what could I have done differently so that this might have, have had a different ending in our family, you know, and um, because you can drive yourself nuts with this. Um, you know, as I was thinking about this question, it's I've learned a lot in the past 10 years about parenting and the difficulties of adolescence and addiction. And I think I'd be a much better parent now than I was 20 years ago. So that's a regret that I have. And maybe it just comes with time. But I think if I could do one thing, if, if I was able to go back and in a loving and non-threatening way, just talk with her. And, mm-hmm. and I'd love to have that opportunity. Talk with her, hang out with her and listen and ask, hey, what's good in your life? What do you like? What stinks? Mm-hmm. What's scary to you? What can I do to help? So, it's, you know, maybe it's something that's, that's really simple and I wish I had done more of it, but just just talk and, and listen and reinforce that unconditional love. Yeah. Oh, Carl, thank you so much. Because that message, I don't, you know, know if you realize that or not, but it has been a reoccurring theme in so many of our parenting conversations is this, it sounds so simple, but yes, and I think about this too. When I go back with my adult children now, like, gosh, I wish I had had more conversations, just listen more and just spent more time with and tried to shut out distractions and all that other stuff that just seems to get in the way of doing that, the rushing, the whatever it is. And it sounds like, well, that sounds like a pretty simple take action step, but yet it seems to be the one thing we're all searching for, you know, the time, the space, the, the, the conversations and asking those key questions, those things that you just, you know, put out there. Um, yeah. I, I, I think that was sort of the perfect summary to what has been a theme for us, you know, when people are looking for what can I do that talking and having the time is probably the number one step or action that we've shared with all of our experts and all of our parents. Yep. It's the connection, the being connected, feeling connected. And it's harder and it is harder and harder to do. I feel like as life gets busy and distractions of technology and multitasking and things. So it is something you have to be intentional about, but it is that it is one thing. If you just choose one thing, have that one thing and then focus on it. 
and try to fit it in when you can. That's my one thing. I love that. I love that. Carl, so, so do I. I just feel like, you know, I'm trying to name my feelings as one does. And I just feel like sitting here and listening to you tell the story. It's like a mix of like, just it's, you just have a lot of equanimity and I don't know how you go through such a thing and come out on the other side of it and are able to tell this story and just, Mm -hmm. just, I don't know. It's just, it's very admirable. And, and just thank you so much for being here and sharing this with us today. It's really generous to, to do very that. Generous. Very generous. Well, thank you. It helps me too. And uh, I hope it helps other people. Yeah, I'm sure it will. I absolutely feel that way because for uh, the feedback that Christy and I often get from these podcasts are really for any of the conversations we have as parents is how much they appreciate someone else you know, sharing the story, making that connection, um, just the really simple things, like Chrissy said, of having these relationships and and how helpful it is. We're not experts, but right. it, we don't have to be to help other parents. I, I don't have to be a parenting expert to do that. And I would have to say that probably the most helpful information I've learned is other parents who have just lived that experience is way better than all the Googling and research and everything else I could ever do. So that's why I really appreciate your time with us today and telling the story. Well, thank you for having me. Um, Thank you everyone so much for joining us today. You will find information and links to everything we talked about in the show notes. And you can also follow me, Chrissy on Instagram and Facebook um, to see more info related to the podcast, different resources in our blog. Um, That'll be linked up in the show notes as well. So be sure to click subscribe or follow in your podcast app so you can stay up to date on our latest episodes. And if you are liking our pod, we would love it if you would please share it with a friend, send it to somebody, text it to somebody, post about it on social media. We will take all of the shout outs and sharing. So thank you everyone for listening. Carl, thank you so much again. And we will talk to you soon. Thanks, Carl.